Recorded live. That's where Paul's writing this letter from. 
This is one of the prison epistles, the Mamertine prison, with only a few hours of sunlight that he got during the day to even be able to write. And he's exhorting young Timothy, one of the, young, one of the exceptions, a young minister, one of his converts, that this is what he should exhort the flock to do. So start at verse 1, brother, and continue on. I just wanted to give context to what's going on here. Yeah, that's great. I didn't realize that. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That's good enough, brother. Pretty plain, isn't it? Yes, it is. Amen. Written from the dungeon. Written from the dungeon. You see the twofold thing? You see the twofold meaning of what he's saying? Because of the prayers and because of the supplication and thanksgiving, God in return make it able for us, his people, to be able to live in peace. Folks, that's strange. And now we have one of our own kind. And I don't give a tinker's damn about all the conspiracy theories. And I'm just about to get sick of some of the Israelite conspiracy theories against him. I'm sick and tired of it. Don't even hear it. Okay? Like Brother Pete said before the program started, let's watch the fruit tree grow. Then we'll be able to know for sure. Do I get an amen? Amen. If you would, Brother Chad, open us in a word of prayer. Mr. Mute Button? No. (laughs) Brother Chad, open us in a word of prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for today, Lord. We thank you for our fellowship, and we thank that we're able to gather here in your name, in the name of your your holy and and our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, your your heavenly son, Lord, we are so grateful that you sent him down here some 2,000 years ago to pay for all of our sins, Lord, from the beginning of time until the end of time, till, till he come back and, and make everything right in the way that, that your plan is, 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 is appointed and, and the time that's appointed as to the way you want it, Lord. We ask that you make us pliable to your will, Lord, that we be able to be convicted under under your son Jesus Christ that we that we glorify him we glorify you through him in all things Lord that our hands do good work that our minds think good thoughts and we give thanks for for all things Lord the the, the sun in the sky the air in our lungs Lord and the water that that quenches our thirst Lord and we pray for we pray for edification, Lord, that the Holy Spirit in us do good work tonight, Lord, that we hear what we need to hear. Yes, Lord. That the Holy Spirit teach us, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that we hold our brother Don up to you, Lord, that all things in his from his mouth be your words, Lord. 
that uh, Brother Dave and, and myself, that when we speak, we speak with only the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we read the yes. words the way that they are, but we know that you say what you mean and you mean what you say, Lord, and we give you so much thanks for giving us your words and your word, Lord, that we may praise his holy name of Jesus Christ until our time comes. Amen. Amen. Father God, and Father God, we thank you so much for giving us the pause button with a leader of our own kind, Holy Father. And I pray protection for him, put protective angels around him and his family, Father, from here throughout his time in service for this country. Hold his conscience, his soul, and his heart accountable for every word that comes out of his mouth, Father, that he may speak the truth and with all his power and with your strength through him, through your Holy Spirit, let him accomplish the things that he promised that he would do, Father, through you. You be the author of it, Lord. You be the author of all the righteousness that comes, the truth that comes. Let it come from the Holy Spirit, Father. Yes. Protect yes. him, guide him. If he's not yours, Father, I pray that you would make a dispensation. Bring him in the fold, Father. Yes, Father. Do what you have to do, Father, to make this a time for our people to be able to gather strength to do something for you, to get off our lazy butts and start working for you instead of our own stinking flesh, Holy Father. I pray with all my heart that you do that, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict us of every sin in our life that's yes. detrimental to your word, to anything that's contrary to what you would have for us to do in the daytime, in the nighttime, in the times in secret when we're in prayer. I pray that the Spirit of God would be upon each and every one that nails their knee to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Father. And in the end, when it's all over, we'll give you the honor and the praise yeah. for everything that's done. For it's in the name of our lovely, heavenly Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Preach it. Revelation chapter 22. Amen, amen. Well, folks, the other night we almost finished, <laughs> and I wanted to finish so bad, but we had, we had went almost two hours, and we went ahead and shut it off. You remember what verse we were at, Brother Dave? Uh, we were to start 16, chapter, 16. Uh, verse 16. Mm-hmm. Well, as usual, you know what we're fixing to do, right? Backtrack. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. Verse so if you one. will, go back and go to verse 1, and Amen. we'll come Amen. down to here again. <laughs> Revelations chapter 22, verse 1. And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. Okay, I'll just make a simple comment. There's a river flowing from the throne on this earth in the tabernacle during the millennium that goes out into eternity. It's not this river. Just wanted to make that comment. I'm going to make a few comments that I made the other night, but if you folks want to know what was said the other night, you'll go download it and listen to it. Continue on, brother. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. 
and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Okay, I'll make mention of this too. There's trees in the millennial during the millennial reign in that tabernacle temple that's built, and those trees on the sides, their leaves are for medicine. And I'm not going to go over what I went over the other night, but it's for medicine because the people are sick. This is for the healing of the nations. What nations you say? It sure ain't the bride of Christ. It's the flesh and blood and bone Israelites that that live and inhabit the new earth and the strangers as well. Yeah, oh yes. Go read it and find out. Don't procrastinate. Don't say, Oh, he's this, he's don't do that. Go find out for yourself. Okay? Or follow some other some other something or another that will not stick with the book and follow them down the Pied Piper, down Primrose Path to the Lake of Fire. Take your choice, okay? But that's who these nations are. After the judgment of the nations. See, the judgment of the nations, the sheep and goat, is done taking place. These are the nations that are saved. Remember, we saw that back in the previous chapter. And the nations of, that are saved shall walk in it, the light, remember? Or is that a little bit later, Brother Dave? I'm getting mixed up myself now. Is that in no, this chapter? We, in we this previous that. chapter? We uncovered it. Mm-hmm. That, amen. Okay, continue on, brother. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. No sitting around. Like I've said four or five times in the previous programs, no more sitting on the no no sitting on the cloud, fellowshipping with your your kids or Aunt Sarah. None of that stuff. We'll be busy. We'll have immortal bodies. We'll be busy doing the Lord's work. And oh my goodness, what a work it will be! Brother Chad, turn to Ephesians chapter two while I'm talking, because we're going to go there in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse four. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And um, as I mentioned the other night when we came down through here, remember what the prophecy said, and his name shall be called what, Brother Dave? Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means what, Brother Dave? God with us. God with us. Now it will be an absolute fact forever. You see, when it was Emmanuel before, he was with us and then gone. Now he's going with us forever. Emmanuel. Continue reading, brother. And and it sure ain't... Well, I'm not going to get off on that again. Go ahead, brother. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Reigning priests and kings forever and ever. Hallelujah. What a promise administrative work for you and I. Priest work for some of us. Administrative work over some of those cities on the new heaven and new earth. And even further than that in the ages to come. No telling what. But you can rest assured it'll all be sinless and it'll all be perfect. 
as far as what we do because we're in perfect bodies like Jesus Christ. The curse is lifted, folks. The creation curse is lifted. This new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Just the people there in flesh and blood and bone bodies, they'll be having a little trouble. And I'll get into that as we get around around verse 13, 14, and 15. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 6. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother Dave, what is wrong with you? That says metaphorical and allegorical. (laughs) Yeah, some people would like it to say that. But it doesn't. It does not say that. It says they're faithful and true. Amen. You see, not faithful and true to what you think it says. Not faithful and true to some allegorical interpretation. Faithful and true to the very letter. Every jot and tittle. Faithful and true. Coming from the mouth of the one that said, Let there be, and it happened. Do you folks ever sit around over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, uh, my limey brethren, (laughs) or whatever, and think about that? And Brother Brian knows that I'm saying that. He probably put an LOL in the thing now. <laughs> My dad used to call all Brett Limey's. <laughs> but you ever stop and think about that? These words are true and faithful. That means you got it made. But right now, folks, right this second, you know what Jesus Christ offers you and I right now? He offers us two things. A cross and eternal life, a cross to die on, and eternal life throughout the ages. Why do you think he says, if you suffer with him, you shall reign with him? A cross now, or as our Lord precious Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. No cross, no crown. Well, you say, well, what, what's going to happen, blah, blah. Folks, I'm not sure. I didn't even go over the list of Christian punishment that's, that's speculated. I do know that for sure, without speculation, there will be shame. That's for sure. I don't have to give an opinion, there will be shame. It tells you that not only in Revelation chapter 3, but it also tells you in the millennial reign of going on out into eternity in Ezekiel 40 through 48. So shame will be a part of your disobedience here. What else can I make a statement about Christian punishment at the judgment seat of Christ that's going to go on for a while? Nakedness. The Lord warns you that your nakedness does not appear. That's the reason he, he challenges you to buy of him gold tried in the fire. Do you know what the fire does, folks? It burns. 
That's when, you know, I burnt myself. I spilled some boiling water this afternoon, just a little bit on my thumb. And I've had a habit for years of whenever I get burned, it immediately, my mind goes to hell. Literally, I think about hell. If that burns so bad, think about the ones where there's outer darkness and gnashing of teeth and their torment, the smoke of their torment. The smoke of their torment, the torment means they're feeling it, folks. And the smoke of their torment goeth up forever and ever. There's no torment to somebody that is annihilated and has no idea of where they are. They just, just they don't exist anymore. How could that be to- torment? See, if you pay attention to the words, you can't miss it. There's no such thing as annihilation. But anyway, nakedness. Shame, just the shame of standing beside martyrs that gave it all for the Lord, that didn't have nothing, that subside, that their substance was a piece of bread maybe every couple of days. Folks, I'm not playing on you simply. I'm telling you the God honest truth. That subsided, that, that their substance was a piece of bread here. Water here. I'm talking about them all the martyrs, the stuff that happened to them. Just the shame of having to go, of watching the reward lever come down and them possibly the rewards falling like a slot machine and then you having to go up and bow the knee and give an account for what you did when you had running water, electricity, warmth, all the food you ever needed, the opportunity to witness to people every single day, and you were scared and afraid of man, the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ every day when you walk by hundreds, tens of thousands over your your Christian lifetime and never open your mouth about the one that opened his mouth and gave his blood for you and I. Amen. There are no excuses. It ain't got nothing to do with personality. It's got to do with love for him. Would you speak up for your wife if somebody's beating the hell out of her? How about your child? Do you love them? Would you stand up for them? How about the one that died for you? That shame might be just bad enough. But whatever it is, it tells us that we'll suffer loss. So it's a loss of something. Clothes, some kind of rain, something. It will will suffer loss. Dave, go read it one more time. One more time. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting verse 11. Judgment seat of Christ. Folks, I ain't talking about the lost folks now. I'm talking about the folks in the chat room and the downloading Christians. That's what I'm talking about. Preach it. 
Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Dad, go to 2 Corinthians 5 while he's reading this. Yes. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Stop. But he, he, who, the individual, not a nation. They're liars, folks. He, the individual, shall suffer loss. Clifton Emmerhauser, you're a liar. Bill Fink, you're a liar out of the pits of hell. If you try to tell the people, comfort them when they're going to have to go through this fiery trial. You can change the words. You can change the book. You'll suffer for it. And you're going to find that out. Yeah, I'm mentioning names because I'm fed up with it. Hireling. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Can you, Brother Dave? If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Absolutely. This Christian will make it through, but he's going to suffer loss. See what Paul tells the Corinthians. Warns them one more time about it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, I think it's down around verse 10 or 11, brother. Second Corinthians chapter 5. For we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ, is the way it starts. I could quote it, but I want you to read it. There we go. Chapter 5, verse 10, 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's start at, at verse 9. Wherefore we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Brother Dave, turn to Second Timothy two while he's still, while he's while he goes over this verse. Okay, certainly. What chapter? Chapter two, Second Timothy, chapter two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead, brother. Brother, read that over. Read that over again. Yes. Verse ten: For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. No, therefore, knowing the terror, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
You know what terror means in the Greek? Terror. Bingo. Terror. You ever been terrified? You ever had a kid that almost died in your arms and you were scared to death? You ever been in combat? You ever had any bullets flying around your head? You know what being terrified is all about? Well, think about standing before the creator of all things. Man, think about that terrifying. Think about that terror. Maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe that's the suffering part. But it says suffer loss. You're going to lose something. Brother Dave, 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Start reading. Verse um, 8. I just started verse 8. Okay. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. For it the is elect, a- folks, for the elect, folks, for the elect. Don't forget, for the elect. Go ahead, brother. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If born we suffer. Once, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Those in the first resurrection, Revelation told us, the second death hath no part. Continue, Brother David. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. He offers you a cross and eternal life. You ought to be thankful for that. Because that's what you're called unto. You're not only called unto salvation. You're called to suffer for his sake. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Brother Chad read it the other night. This ain't Joel Osteen on the other side of the telephone, folks. It's somebody letting the word of God tell you what it says, and it means what it says. Continue, Brother Dave. If we deny him, he also will deny us. How do you deny him? You deny him by not obeying him. You deny him by shunning the epistles. It's explained to you in minute detail. Why do you think the reprobates stay away from it? Because the little aspects of everyday Christian life are laid out in the epistles. Do good unto all men but especially those that are of the household of God. We're fixing to read about that household, okay? Brother Dave's fixing to hit on that household of God. But do good unto all men, but especially those that are the household of God. Continue, Brother Dave. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. You may suffer loss. You may be, you may be pushed into denying him outwardly with your mouth, but you can't, he cannot deny himself. 
And if you're in him and he's in you, you're his bride, you're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Not my opinion. That's what Paul said. In Ephesians 5, great mystery, he says. Yes, it is. Continue, Brother David. Of these things, put them in remembrance. We're trying, Lord. We're trying, Lord. Go ahead. Charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. Just like I mentioned Friday night about doting about words. And we went to what word mattered. The word, the word of God magnified above his very name. Yes. So you dote about your all the, and like I said last Friday night, I apologize if I come across as being mean or detrimental toward you personally. If any of you or any of you downloaders have bought into the sucker fish of trying to change the name of God Almighty that nobody knows, or the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that every knee shall bow to. That's not personally, that's not a personal attack. It's made to get back to the ones that sucker fished you into it, okay? Do not, you, aren't you warned all the time that in the last days this stuff was going to come? How come there wasn't no Yahweh Shua and Yahshua going on from 1600 onward? There wasn't. Why not? You think all of a sudden somebody's got smart because there's a freaking internet? Come on, folks. Believe the book. Don't believe me? Believe the book. That's Psalms 138, verse 2, in case you think I'm making it up. Continue, Brother David. Charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Do you remember what those were back in 1 Corinthians 3, folks? It was gold and silver and precious stones and wood, hay, and stubble in the household of God at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll see what Paul says about it here to Timothy. Start at that verse and come in. Go again, brother. But in a great house 
there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Ah, now we know something else that's punishment. Dishonor, shame, nakedness, suffering loss. That's no speculation. How do you get to be a vessel of honor, Brother David? Continue reading. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You see what I mean, folks? There needs to be a revival among our people. There needs to be a fire lit under our people, under the elect. If you're so precious and you're so wonderful, why aren't you obeying the Lord? You don't know my heart. You don't know what I do. Folks, I don't have to. I know all the people I'm talking to. I know what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit's taking the knife and cutting the crap out of some folks, okay? I know that because he's tearing me all to pieces. Did you hear me? Cutting me all to pieces. You see, the New Jerusalem has never been a destination, folks. The Lord wrote it down as incentive. The new body and all the promises, they're not, hey, it's not a destination. It's an incentive. That's probably the reason the Lord wrote it down. An incentive. For what? For what we're just reading about. Brother Chad, where did I send you? Where did you what? Where did, did I send you to a certain place? Uh, no, I okay. was just in uh, Second okay. Corinthians that, that's 5. That's right. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. I was just thinking about the Laodiceans and uh, being spewed out of his mouth. Cause his, uh, There's another. That's a, good, that's a good point. No fire. Good, good point. Good point. That'll be in Revelation 3. Verse 11 on through the rest of the chapter. Amen. Go read it, Brother Chad. Revelation 3, verse 14, and, un, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Cold or hot, cold or hot, get on the horse or get off. Amen. Period. That's why I make some of the brash statements I make here on this program sometimes. Because I don't want you here. If you don't love the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're not serious, I don't want you here. Go find somebody that will smooth and rub your back. Somebody that will tell you, oh, you're an Israelite. You got it made. You're in like Flint. You're going to 
kill all them reprobates. You're going to blah, 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 blah. That's where you need to spend your time. And then when you take that last breath, about 10 seconds before, I hope the Holy Spirit brings all this stuff back and rams it into your brain. And I hope he takes the paper that Mr. Emma Hauser wrote, The Insanity of Personal Salvation, and crams it down his throat. So, ooh, what's happening to him? He's getting personal. You better believe it and going to be from here on out. Amen. Tell him I said so, Papa Cat, okay? Back to Revelation. Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And the thing about it is, Emma Hauser, you knew better. You was taught better, brother, and you are my brother. You were taught better, and you apostatized. You knew better. You were taught better. You did once love this book. What's happened? We're going to find out the penalties for that shortly. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. This book's full of blessings. This this book has got a blessing just for, you get a blessing just for reading it. There is no book like it. I know where I sent you now, Ephesians 2, brother. Go there. Oh, yeah. Continue, brother Dave. Revelations 22, verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which shewed me these things. And I made mention of it that tonight this is pure speculation, but the way it's worded, I would kind of throw my hat in the ring on this one. This is the second time that John has fell down to worship an angel. But this is not just an angel, folks. It's fixing to tell you, see. This, and brother, brother John's still in the old flesh, blood, and old natural body. So I can see with all this magnificence and this glorious splendor, I could see him getting overwhelmed and doing what he's doing. Couldn't you? I mean, I'd probably have done, been done it a thousand times, wicked as I am. But Brother John falls down to worship at this so-called angel's feet. Watch what he says, okay? Watch what the angel, quote-unquote, says. Continue, Brother Dave. Verse 8, uh, verse 9, sorry. And then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of, of them. Of thy brethren, the, of thy brethren, fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets. 
can any of you think of a prophet that allowed somebody to fall down and worship him before? Daniel. That was Brother that's, Daniel. That's exactly right. You know, I, like I said, this is pure speculation. But if I was a betting man, I, I if I was a betting man, I'd be willing to bet this is old Daniel that's leading John around because you do know the two books are intertwined, don't you? You do know that, right? You know you can't teach one without the other, right? Amen. Remember, old old Daniel was told twice to seal up his book. Let's just see what the next verse says. Continue, brother. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. (laughs) I just wonder. You reckon this is a strong case, Brother David? Yes. I How about do, you, especially Chad? You think it might be a strong case? That might be who it is. <laughs> Say, Chad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say Daniel, what's that, Daniel 9, right? Uh, no, Daniel 12. Oh, Daniel 12 is where he's told to seal the book, brother, twice. Yeah. In the, in the oh, yeah, yeah. Continue reading, brother. Dave. Verse 11. He that is an unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy... Let me tell you what. I, the way I explained it the other night, I'll explain it. This verse taken out of context is hard to be understood in the context where it appears. So as we go through it, I will explain it in the twofold meaning that it has. So go through it slow, Brother, brother Dave. Okay. He that is unjust, let him be unjust Still, well, there's people on the outside of this city that are not allowed into it if they're unjust. And there's also people in hell that will be unjust for eternity in the lake of fire. When I say hell, I'm talking about the lake of fire, folks. I know hell has been cast into the lake of fire, okay? I know that. Makes no difference. It's punishment either way, and it lasts forever. Let him be unjust still. Continue, brother. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And the lake of fire is full of filth, and they'll be filthy for eternity. Here in the torment, and outside the gate, it's done told you in a previous chapter, that those that are this way are not allowed inside the gates. Common sense dictates if they're not allowed inside the gates, they've got to be some on the outside of the gates that are that way. Or can't you read? Does not the Spirit of God dwelleth in you to show you this childish stuff? Continue, brother. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Amen. Amen. Brother David's on the throne. He has promised his throne forever. Do you not read the Old Testament? He's sitting on the throne, his throne, David's throne forever. He vacated it for a while for the Lord Jesus Christ to rule on it during the millennium. Now, Brother David is sitting on his throne, and he will rule it for the rest of eternity on the earth, not the new Jerusalem. Continue, brother. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Absolutely. There was those that are inside the new Jerusalem. 
Some on the outside will be holy still, and they'll be holy still for eternity. It's fixing to tell you how that's going to happen shortly. Okay? About in the next two verses, three verses, going to tell you how that happens. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. I'm putting it together just like the book's laying it out. Literally interpreted. Okay? Scripture with Scripture. Continue, brother. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Absolutely. Now the Lord's looking back and saying, Behold, I come quickly. And as I explained the other night, the many times here in this chapter, the word quickly and shortly are mentioned. It's not like we think we think is short. It's not like, you know, somebody's about five foot away about to knock on your door. That's not what's intended to be here. Though it could be. Okay? Though it could be. Because outside the veil, outside the firmament in eternity, hey, it's just been it's just been two days, folks. It's just been a little over two days since this took place. Since this this since this book was handed down. Okay? A little over two days, so that would imply it would be quickly and shortly. You remember, oh, don't forget, one day is with a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Second Peter chapter 3. Reckon that might be the answer there? I don't know. I'm just guessing now. Did you hear me? I'm just guessing now. Let the Spirit be your guide. And the book. Verse 14, brother, let's find out something here. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. As the Lord Jesus Christ, by him was everything made, and without him there was nothing made. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And you know what? He came unto his own. For he was sent to nobody except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But guess what? His own received him not. But as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You ain't gonna you can't pull out one verse and make a whole doctrine and religion. On one verse, folks. That's heresy. That's not rightly dividing the word of truth. That's not obeying the scriptural rules of interpretation. Okay? Two things that are different are not the same. Thank you, brother. Continue, brother Dave. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in. The tree of life. You can stop right there at the common brother. So what about this tree of life? These blessed are they. These folks are blessed that do something. What do they do? They keep his commandments. What commandments are they, Brother Dave? That do his commandments? Mm Mm-hmm. What law are they keeping? Oh, the law of the house. Amen. That's absolutely correct. 
and they're only allowed into the gates of the city if they do it. Well, what happens if they do whatever the time period? Now, this is speculation. I don't know how long it has to be. I don't know the terminologies or what they have to do to, um, to get to that point, to get to this point. But to come into the gate of this city, to be able to fly through the air however they get there, because it ain't on the ground. They have to keep his commandments. It ain't us. You couldn't get you couldn't get the bride of Christ in there with a with a bride of Christ getting machine. There ain't no way. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Blessed are they who. <laughs> See. Ain't no way. We're going to find out where we're at just shortly. When we get to the end of this chapter, we're already there forever. We, they, they, we're not the day. That day is not the servants back up here because we're going to rule and reign forever. Stun told you. We ain't got to keep squat. We done, we've done accomplished the accomplishment we were sent to do and were ordained from the foundation of the world written in the Lamb's book of life and had was chipped away to do what we were sent here to do because this earth is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through because we look for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews chapter 11. We read it the other night. Blessed are they that keep his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life, Brother Chad. Leave Ephesians 2 and go to to um, Genesis chapter 3. There's folks tonight that have not listened to the download. We'll go through it again. Let's see about this tree of life. See what it does. What does it do for these folks? I could tell you, but we'll read it, see. That old where to go ahead just makes up stuff. Well, what you really, do you really believe that? You should know better by now. Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. 
And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. First prophecy that came out of our Father's mouth. There's your two C line right there. That's where it starts. That's where, as Shakespeare called it, that's where this play, now remember I put the word this in there because we're going to go, we're going to be teaching the book of Genesis here shortly. Remember I said that's where this play started. You know, Shakespeare said the world's just a play, you know. But this is where the two seed line doctrine started, right here. Continue, brother. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Okay. They're in natural, but something's changed. There's been a paradigm shift in the DNA. Not only is there a two-seed line coming, there's been a change in the DNA in the natural body, in the Adamic body. And watch what the Lord says next. Go ahead. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. First blood shed, right there. Go ahead. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Now watch it close. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Bingo. The tree of life gives eternal life, folks. The tree of life gives eternal life. 
It would have given Adam and Eve eternal life in a fallen state. They would be over 6,000-year-old demons if they would have been allowed to partake of the tree of life. And like I said, all the allegorizers that try to make the tree of life Jesus Christ in the garden, I'm sorry, it makes good preaching, but it ain't doctrinally sound. These people back up here do the commandments of God. They're outside the city. Why does he know that? Because it says so they may take the tree of life and may be able to enter into the gates of the city. So that means they're on the outside. And the tree of life gives eternal life. It all the way back then. But the Lord couldn't allow them in a fallen state to live forever. I mean, my goodness, they lived up to almost a thousand years anyway in that perfect condition, antediluvian condition. So let's find out what's outside of this great city of ours, our home. Let's find out for the reason that they had to do commandments so they'd have a right to come in and partake of the tree of life. Very next verse, Brother David. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So let's for find out. So uh, this is who's outside. See, listen, folks, look, 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 this is simple. This is simple. To be able to come in, they had to do commandments. What happens when they did the commandments? They got to partake of the tree of life and live forever and the ability to come into the city. Well, if they was able to come into the city because of the commandments they did to partake of the tree, well, what were they before they came in? They did the commandments. What was in them that made them have to do the commandments so they could partake of the tree to be able to get into the New Jerusalem? The very next verse answers it. Go ahead, brother. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Can't get no plainer than that. You say, well, I thought it was all new and there wasn't no more sin. Folks, there are natural bodies out there. Remember what the Lord said was in man's heart? Remember what Brother Chad read the other night in, in Jeremiah 17, 9, about how wicked the heart was and deceitful above all things? Who can know it? See, you know now why you're a new creature in Christ and given a new heart? They got the, you got you got two things pumping. You got a spiritual heart and you got a wicked heart. That's the dual man. That's the old man and the inward man. That's the old man and new man. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. So their hearts are bad. They've got to, They've got to do commandments in this condition. Once that there's something, I don't know. This is pure speculation here. I don't know what point they have to get to. My goodness, they're living in a in a perfect climate and everything with a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. First Peter, Second Peter, chapter three. It's been purged by fire. 
I don't know. I haven't got all the answers. I can just point you in the direction where the answers are and give you an idea of what they are. Maybe the Lord will show you all those answers. You're not going to find it in the, the, the Genesis Apocryphon, which I'm going to have to do a program before too long on some of these fairy tales that's being taught out there on the Internet, on YouTube. I heard a few the other day, and I just wanted to throw up. some of the fairy tales that's coming from these extra-canonical texts, from some of these Jewish Targums that some of the brethren will condemn the Jew to hell, but yet go to the Jewish Targum and try to use it to prove some of their doctrine. Give me a break. Give me a break. Verse 16, brother. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root. These things in the churches. The other night, those of you that weren't here, I gave, I talked about a nugget about this church business. You know, the New Jerusalem has pearls around it. We read about that in the previous chapter. Those big pearls. All you uh, Hebrew roots and all you uh, Sabbath keeping, all you festival observing and Passover this, all that instead of the Lord's communion like it should be, the Lord's Supper. Which reminds me, we have still haven't got around to it this year yet. We will. All of you people that want to put yourself back under, to be a Galatian and put yourself back under the statutes and judgments in the law again. Do you know what a pearl comes from? It comes from an oyster, as they say down in New Orleans. Do you know what an oyster is in Leviticus? What is it, Brother Dave? Unclean. It is unclean. Do you know what it says the Lord used in a parable? He said he he gave his blood for the whole world, so he could get the pearl unclean from an unclean animal, forbidden under the law to eat, to touch, that he could get the pearl of great price. Now, if there's anybody with any honest heart and spiritual sense that had been going down Primrose Path, that ought to open some doors wide open for you and give you a spiritual truth that I have been trying through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and probably a lot in my own flesh because there ain't nobody perfect to get across to you that it's not by race are you saved. It's by grace you're saved. Amen. Amen. The elect of God, that's a different ball game. The bride's a different ball game. It has to be rightly divided. Brother Chad? Yeah. I want you to start reading in chapter 2 of Ephesians. No, no, I don't. It'd be better to do this first. Brother Dave, go to Matthew chapter 22. We'll show y'all folks something. And I and this is my fault, and I apologize. 
I did not bring this in when teaching the parable of the virgins in Matthew 25, and it slipped my mind. I can't memorize everything. You know right. how in um, the Old Testament for these lawyers of ours, our friends out there, uh, you know it hints of the exact thing of the atonement and that the tabernacle of Jesus Christ will be within unclean flesh. Mm-hmm. Because the tabernacle and all the implements, everything was wrapped in badger skin when they moved. Amen, brother. And badger skin is an unclean animal, unclean skin, just like us. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm laughing with you. Go ahead, brother. That's excellent. No, that, that was I was listening to the Bible all night, and I got up in the morning, and this Leviticus was on. And I'm listening to how all these animals have to be sacrificed, blood taken out here, burnt some animals outside the city, doves for this, lambs for this, oxen, bulls for this, cut out, liver this way, kidneys the fat here, take some of it outside, burn it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. No wonder they couldn't keep it. And then it came to the badger skin. Yeah. And the, you know, wrapping up the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacles, all the instruments of the altar, everything was wrapped in badger skin when they moved it. Yeah, and remember back earlier in Revelation where it talked about the outer court left for the Gentiles? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And, and I could just see how we're the, new, the tabernacle in the New Testament, <laughs> and we're just a bunch of old badger skin. That's it, brother. Amen. Amen. You know, the thing about it is, if you're not ungodly, folks, you ain't got no chance, no way. Did you hear what I said? If you're not, if you if you can't raise your hand and holler unclean and ungodly, you don't have a chance anyway. You know why? You know why? Because Christ died for the ungodly. Did you hear what I said? He said, I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And Paul tells you in Romans when he's given his doctrinal dissertation on salvation for the first few chapters that Christ died for the ungodly. So if you you couldn't classify yourself the ungodly, you don't stand a chance, no way. Now folks, listen, let me say this with all the charity I can muster. If you followed that line of thinking that's out there today for two or three years, it's okay. We've all been deceived. Even the Apostle Paul said that we had all been had been deceived in the past. Okay? It ain't got nothing to do, folks, with somebody being smart. It ain't got nothing to do with an individual. It's got to do with God's Word. And what his word says. Put in the right place where it says it to whom it's talking to. Okay? And peradventure God would grant repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that some, under the sound of my voice, downloaders or what, could recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who takes people captive at his will. And God's the one that grants that repentance. Am I right, brethren? Amen. Amen, amen. That's not my opinion. It's the last two verses in 2 Timothy 2, if you don't believe me. Go read it. 
So, continue on. Go, go ahead. You have something to say? Uh, Matthew chapter 22? Yes. Uh, which start at verse Just 1? Just start at verse 1, yeah. Okay. A certain and king. You know what it 13? starts out saying? A certain king? A uh, certain... Matthew 22, a certain king went to a far yes. country? Yes, in okay, verse 2. Okay, I thought it did. Okay, go ahead. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. The other one to write in his own Bible, the other one to write in essays, bad-mouthing good Christians. I'm just, excuse me, I had to throw that in. Go ahead, brother. (laughs) Verse 6. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Did you hear what he just said, folks? The ones that were originally called. What did he do to them, Dave? He uh, slew them. That's right. The ones that were originally called. He came into his own, and his own received him not. See there? Continue on, Brother Dave. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, those bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Both what? Bad and good. (laughs) You can't beat this book, folks, with a beating machine. Continue, brother. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do y'all remember who the Lord called friend? The night he was betrayed. Mm. Judas. That's right. Did you notice it wasn't the bad that got bound up hand and foot? Haven't we just come through the judgment seat of Christ with good and bad? Folks, this is sound doctrine. This is the marriage supper. This is not the marriage. See, 
Don't forget that. Brother Chad, Ephesians yes. chapter 2. Okay. I want to show y'all something. We're fixing to get out. We're fixing to really bust out into eternity here. And I'm going to show y'all, Lord willing, I will, not me, not Don, but the Spirit of God, what Brother Chad's fixing to read, is going to open a little of your eyes to what's going to happen in eternity. All right? On out past what we're reading. And Brother Dave, while he's reading there, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 15. Okay. And I want you to go down in 15 till you get to the age of ages, okay? okay. That's you'll, you'll, you'll recognize it when you see the age of ages. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Do you notice that Paul put himself in that category? Amen. Go ahead, brother. Even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Jesus. Read that verse again. Just look at the wording, the way he words this, folks. In the ages to come, the Ephesians, eons and Ephesians eons two, yes, to come. Ephesians 2, verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That's how fortunate and thankful you should be, folks, Amen. for this unmerited love. Because that's what grace is. Unmerited means no working for. Just out of God's love, that he might show his love, his infinite love, by giving his own son, Christ Jesus, for you and I. Yes. And we, even now, are seated together with Christ in heavenly places, verse 6. And you don't, that's how definite, that's how definite your destination is. It's fixed. It's fixed. Continue reading, brother. That is very much given to us. Much is required. Ephesians verse two, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. 
Absolutely. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, folks, individual. Work out your own salvation, Brother Clifton, with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Brother Dave, just start about three or four verses above. I couldn't find Age of Ages. Uh, I, I actually couldn't find that at all in the New Testament. But I, you know, I found um, when the end and everything subject to the that's Father. It, that's it. That, that's yeah. it, brother. Uh, that okay. is. That's what's called the. I'm. I'm using. Theological terms. I'm sorry, yes. brother. I'm using okay, theological that's okay. terms. So start a few verses above it and read. Okay. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. See, that's what I was explaining to y'all the other night about how it's not an event, it's a category. The first resurrection is a category, not necessarily an event. Continue reading, brother. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Now, do you folks realize what he's saying? He's talking about in eons to come, and we're talking about there is no I'm mean, I could tell you what some one of the old theologians guessed it to be, but I mean it's neither here nor there. It's just purely speculation by putting a bunch of numer I call it numerology together, but you know the scriptures do have some numbers going on in them. But it was he come up with a hundred and seventy hundred and seventy seven thousand years. Okay, now how he came to, and it was Clarence Larkin, by the way. I don't know how he came to that, but that's what he came to. And that's that's what he said, how long this period would last out in the eons and ages to come. 177,000 years, that is a long time. But anyway, you can't measure eternity by time. I don't even know why he would do that. Continue reading, Brother Dave. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith, all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subjected unto him that put all things under him. Do you realize what he just said? Do you realize the paradox and the mystery of what just came out of Brother David's mouth? Do you, that, that just multiplies the obscurity of the mystery of godliness. Because Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. And here it's talking about God turning back over to God everything. That's what he's saying, folks. That's how that's how obscure this great mystery is. Just as obscure as the other great mystery 
of the bride of Christ called the church. Continue reading, Brother Dave. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him. Well, you think I was making things. it up, folks? You think I was making it up? Go ahead, brother. That put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Amen. Amen. Back to back to Revelation. Okay. Verse sixteen. I Jesus has excuse me. I Jesus have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The real morning star, not the fake counterfeit morning star, which is Lucifer, the real morning star. The bright and morning star. Go ahead, brother. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Okay, now I want you all to watch this close. The bride is separate from everything else. Is separate. This is separate entities. Jesus Christ just got through talking. I, Jesus. Then he says, verse 17, the capital S spirit. Right, brother Dave? Capital S. Yes, it is. That's the Holy Ghost. And the bride. That's us. Say come. Now I want you to count the numbers after this. Say how many classifications you come up with. Go ahead. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. How many did you count? Three. Bingo. Been telling y'all that the whole time. Continue, brother. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Okay. Now here we go. Brother Chad. Yes. Go to Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. Brother Dave, go to Proverbs chapter 30. And read verse six. Now I'll get to say what I wanted to say the other night, last night, other night when I wanted to finish this so bad. Folks, it says the prophecy of this book. This book is this has been relegated to this specific book right here. The revelation of Jesus Christ given to John. Okay? That's what it seems to indicate. But after we read these scriptures we're fixing to read, I'll let you be the judge. Okay? Comparing Scripture with Scripture. So I'll read it, and then I'll have them read the verses they're at. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, comma, if any man shall add unto these things, comma, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, you that are in the chat room, for one second, would you change anything in this book here? Would you snatch any verses out and try to think that you were smarter than the Holy Spirit? Of course you wouldn't. Not if you're a Bible believer. Would you think you could translate this for some ungodly reason, for some selfish 
prideful, self-deceived reason. I'm not even saying it's done on purpose out of wickedness. I'm saying it's done out of deception. Would the root problem be in pride? Well, adding to him the plagues that are written in this book. Brother Dave, read chapter 30 in Proverbs verse 6. Okay. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Do y'all remember what's outside the city back up here? Did it not say liars, Brother Dave? Certainly did. It absolutely did. Brother Chad, if you would, read Deuteronomy, first of the first part of the word of God. First warning the Lord gives about messing with this book. Yes, that's in uh, Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Absolutely. There's the first warning given. That's the first warning given unto the law, folks, not to mess with God's words. Words, do you hear me? Words, W-O-R-D-S. Not ideas, not phrases, not context, not chapters, not thoughts, not ideas, not allegories, not metaphors. Words. Brother Dave, go to Psalms 138. Just a minute, I'll have you read verse 1 and 2. And verse 19, in Revelation 22, verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, come, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. and out of the holy city. Told you, the liars on the outsides of the gates. And from the things that are written in this book. This is your final warning, folks. This is the final warning. You want to mess with them people? It took God. Didn't take him, he had it planned that way. It took the Lord over 5,000 years and some odd years to finally put his complete canon together under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He promised in Psalms that he'd preserve it forever in Psalm 12. So it's been from eternity past. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. It was already written in heaven and gift-wrapped and handed down to us in the language that you can understand. Because, see, none of these promises matter, folks. If you don't have it, God can't hold you accountable. If you don't have the words of God, he can't hold you accountable. Now, if you want to roll the dice against this curse, you go right ahead. 
and you sit under somebody that's done rolled the dice and will be held accountable. You go right ahead. God forbid I'd have to be insane to do it. And if you ever hear me do it, you say, Brother Don lost his mind. Let's get the cops to go arrest him, and let's put him in an insane asylum. And the ones that try to change and try to think they know what they don't know, he magnified this book above his very name. All you holy namers, I can't help that you would. Hey, listen, I almost fell for it. Okay? And thank God for his rod got me back in line. Using the word of God. Brother Dave, if you would, read Psalm 138, verse 1 and 2. Yes. I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. You got that now, folks? Above all thy name. You got it? You know why it's so important? I've screamed and cried and spit and slobbered about it so long for so many years now. You know why it's so important? Because it's the foundation of absolute truth. Without the foundation of absolute truth, you have nothing. You have your own opinions. That's all it is. And you have your own likes and dislikes. Without an absolute authority, without absolute truth. You see, folks, this book came along when there was no such thing, nobody teaching relativism. The time that this book was put together is a certain period of time in history that's never been and never will be again. There was no great, there was no tuple straight, okay, Voltaire, all right? There was no secular humanism. There was no push of atheism. There was no Charles Darwin. Okay? There was no Tregellis. All right? That's the reason God chose this specific time to give his Israel elect a book under a king, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, where the word of a king is, there's power. He chose under a king whose name was James, which in Hebrew is Jacob, to give you a book that you could bet your soul on. Not a man's word, given to you by the Holy Ghost of God and watched over and taken care of, and I don't care if it was a bunch of slobbering, Slovakian, whatevers that put it together. God always uses whoever he wants to 
to get his will done. And he did it in a time period where you couldn't miss it unless some man come along and told you otherwise. Good intentions is out the window. Don't matter. You've got all the fruits to back up every word I'm saying. If you've got, if you are, if the Spirit of God dwells in you and your heart is clean and your fellowship's right with the Lord, He'll show you that. That's the way He showed me. Because a man will talk you out of it, folks. He'll flim flam and lie, lie, whether intentionally or unintentionally, makes no difference. Human reasoning don't even come in. Don't even come into the ballpark. You either trust God or you don't. Now, do you trust that he'd get you his word just like he wanted you to get it? Do you think he would show you evidence that you had it? Well, guess what? He has. Over 400 years worth of it. Okay? Choice is yours. You want to sit under some well-meaning idiot that's deceived and keeps on being deceived? You go right ahead. You go right ahead. The fruits, the, the, the proof, as they say down south, is in the pudding. You can always judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Back to Revelation, Brother Dave. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so ends the greatest book that the universe if there is one up there, whatever is a, you know, has ever had, ever seen, that transcends time and space, that a loving Father thought enough of you to get in your hands. Didn't ask you to explain all the what is supposed mistake. Didn't ask you to do none of that stuff. He asked you to trust him. Just like a kid standing on a table about two years old. And you back off from your kid about two foot and say, jump in my arms. And that kid don't hesitate. He flies off that table. He knows daddy's going to catch him. Now see, that's what faith is. And without that kind of faith, It's impossible to please him. 
any questions in the chat room? Uh, Would you like to no. add anything, Brother David, Brother Chad? No, not right now. No, that says it all. Brother Dave, you would dismiss us in a word of prayer. Certainly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight. We give thanks for your word tonight. We thank you for what Lord Jesus Christ has done for us and that the Holy Spirit of God has been sent to us because we are now temples of the living God through the blood of Jesus Christ, where we are the righteousness of God in the inward man and yet sinful creatures in the flesh. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our faith would be grown through these words tonight and that we would be challenged, not just as we were tonight, but as we remember these words throughout this week that you would bring remembrance to us of these scriptures and challenge us. And for those, Lord, who haven't gotten to the place of salvation yet, who aren't born again, who haven't got the full counsel of the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, comforting them, I pray, Lord Jesus, that this would be their week. I pray that this would be their time. I pray that the Spirit of God would come and convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I pray that they would be convicted of their sins, of the errors of their ways, though they may have done them ignorantly. Nonetheless, they are sin. Nonetheless, they are error. Nonetheless, they are wickedness. And uh, to continue in this wicked path would surely bring about destruction. I pray that this would be their week where they could see the light, the light of God's word, the light of the truth, that within them the Spirit of the Lord would shine the light on the word of God and bring about great grieving and repenting uh, of their sins and of the errors of their way, and that they would receive the blood of Jesus and the indwelling Spirit of God and have the body of their sinful flesh cut away. And I pray that in the name of Jesus for them. And for us who have obtained this through your mercy, Lord, I pray that you would continue to build upon us, uh, fit us together, uh, the the church of the Lord Jesus Christ build us together and cause us to have the word of God firmly firmly put within us and I pray that we as we go forth would share this word with others and I pray all these things in the name of Jesus to his glory so be it amen amen amen, amen. and just one more thing about this book brother Dave was praying for those that don't know the Lord Jesus on a personal level for their rebirth. And without this book, you couldn't get it. Okay? How do I know that? Brother Chad, go read First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 okay. through the end of the chapter. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would be with every word that's been said tonight, every prayer that's been prayed. Father, in Jesus' name. Yes, amen, yes. First Peter, chapter 1, verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. 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 If there's no questions in the chat room, we will shut her down. Brother Dave. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. The telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email address for Pastor Don is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you can go to uh, PayPal and you can enter that account the email it acts as the account for Pastor Don at PayPal respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you can give your offerings there to Pastor Don and to the Lord Jesus. The mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. And people, let me say this before we sign off the air, as they say. I would like very much to take this ministry to a different level. I would like very much for this ministry to go to shortwave radio and to go live via YouTube or another venue to go live video. I don't know nothing about none of that stuff, but all that stuff takes money and it takes brains. And I ain't got neither one of those. <laughs> All I know is the book, folks. But that that's what that's what me, Brother David, Brother Chad, Brother Kevin, that's our desire, and I think it would be the Lord's desire as well, and I know it is some of our listeners. Okay? And I want to say something else. The people's names that I called out tonight, I do not hate. I have no animosity as far as being my brother, my kinsman. Okay? I just despise lying, whether it's done intentionally or not, whether it's deceived or deception or not. I have to speak out against it. Just like Paul had to speak out against Hymenaeus and Philetus, saying the resurrection had already passed. Okay? Because they misapplied the few souls that got up and walked around in the streets in Matthew 27. They didn't put the scriptures together. They didn't understand. Therefore, they were teaching heresy. So I must do the same thing. The gloves are off from now on, folks. Okay? But I mean no animosity to them personally. I pray God would grant repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they could recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. 
Yes, amen. Amen. Now, in, in case you think I pulled that out of my hat, Brother Dave, go read it. Second Timothy 2, last two verses. Okay. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, and uh, verse 25. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. That's right. Satan is the one, the devil's the one that does the deceiving, folks. And it's at his own will. That's how protective your father is of you that seek the truth with an honest heart. Good job, Brother Dave. Good job, Brother Kevin and Brother Chad. I love you guys. Talk to you on the telephone, Lord willing and God permitting, this this coming week. And uh, Lord willing, folks, we'll meet back tomorrow night and we'll just see what we're going to do. We may have a... Uh, Open topics again tomorrow night. I'm not sure, but we'll just have to wait and see. Love each and every one of you. God bless each and every one of you with multiple blessings. And Lord willing and health permitting, we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, guys. Good night, Pastor Don. Good, Good night, night, all. Good night, Brother Chad, Brother David, and Brother Kevin. Good night, Chad. Eternity. Eternity. without end. What profit can there be to gain this whole round world all your own? Then to step into eternity and find out there that you've lost your soul. Not one thing this world offers you in exchange for your soul can take your guilt away when time is no more. Jesus Christ is the only way. Reach out and believe. My friend, there's no chance in eternity to change your destiny. Life here is quickly gone. And your footsteps you can't retrace. Your There's no chance in eternity.
Yes. 